Welcome. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I am your humble host, Jared Jessalinas. Welcome back to your Monday, fresh off that Mother's Day weekend. Plenty of stuff going on here. Uh, it is the month of May. Practice starts tomorrow. Sting Ray Rob is on with us. That is his legal given name. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, he's a rookie. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, it's got to be a pretty big month for him, man. So uh, we'll talk with Stingray here in just a little bit. Plenty of things to discuss. Let's go ahead and start with our need to know news. Which my button is not working. Fantastic. We'll forget it. Let's just go with it. Uh, not a good weekend for baseball. Uh, first, Purdue baseball just gets shelled at Indiana. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this was uh, not optimal. 10-2 uh, to loss yesterday. That actually completed the sweep over the weekend in a series that Purdue desperately, desperately needed to claw some wins out of in order to make the Big Ten tournament. Now, Indiana goes on to score double digits in every game in that series. They outscore Purdue as a whole 51-16 to on the weekend. 51-16! to That puts Purdue down in a tie with Michigan State for the eighth and final seed with one weekend remaining. Purdue will host Nebraska this weekend. They're pretty solid. Huskers sit in a three-way tie for the four seed right now. Just a half a game behind Iowa for the three seed. Meanwhile, Michigan State... Uh, They'll have to play three against Indiana this weekend, who currently occupy the top spot in the Big Ten. It's not a good situation. Uh, With baseball's loss, too, that was the last matchup between Purdue and Indiana on the season. That has also sealed Purdue's fate, although it was probably done a while back. In the Crimson and Gold or Governor's Cup or whatever the heck they're calling it now, Indiana will win for the fourth straight year. The Boilers getting four and a half points out of a possible 20. That's it. It is the lowest by either school all time. Uh, Purdue has a last one in 2017-2018. What a best of the Hoosiers by a point. Uh, it is the largest margin of victory, too, by a school since 2022 and 2023's five-point difference. Indiana won that time as well. Didn't go much better for your Chicago baseball teams either this weekend. Both teams losing series. Uh, Both teams have lost, what is it, uh, uh, five of the last seven? Let's start with the Cubs, who went out in brutal fashion yesterday in Minnesota, 16-3, a blowout loss. Marcus Stroman just went two and two-thirds, gave up six of those earned runs. Twins had seven players with multiple RBIs. They finished the series outscoring the Cubs 29-10. Just turn the page. Just turn the page. Going to head down to Houston. James Tyen will give it a go tonight. Probably not the arm you want on the mound to try to turn things around right now. Cubs have lost all of his starts so far. He is 0-2 with a 6-4-1 ERA this season, a 1-4-7 whip. He's going to face uh, Farmer Valdez, uh, who is 3-4, 2-38 ERA. He's coming off a 12K performance against the Angels. Not much better over on the south side where the White Sox dropped 2-3 to those Astros, 4-3 the final yesterday. Uh, if you're looking for good news for the White Sox, Luis Roberts still the hottest hitter in all of baseball right now, hitting 413 over his last 15 games. Six homers, 14 RBIs, and 15 runs. He was 6 for 11 on the weekend and homered in all three games. Now, a series win against Cleveland would go a long way, uh, but that series won't kick off until tomorrow. Lance Lynn back on the mound. Boy, talk about somebody's got to be better. 
I dove into his analytics a little bit earlier. Just weird. Kind of kind of insane. Dive into those numbers here. You, he's striking out 11 batters per nine innings. Career high. That would be the 10th best mark in baseball. Okay? His swinging strike rate is 13%. That puts him in the top tier. But his walks are really up. Last season, pitched 21 games. 121 innings. And walked just 19 batters. Great season. This season, eight games. 44 innings, he's already up to 17. So it's not good. Bat. Um, Out of that, the homers that he's given up, which is 11 on the year, that's the fourth most in the major leagues. Uh, that is a problem. Uh, Kopech, by the way, more than that. So when you've got two pitchers in the top five and home runs yielded, not a good sign. And then you get Shane Bieber on the other side, 8-4 and four lifetime against the Sox. He's just 4-3, and three, though, guaranteed low-rate field where he has W in three of his last four starts. I wish I had better news here. How about sophomore praise on uh, Niamaka, who won the Big Ten triple jump title as Purdue Track and Field uh, claimed three medals on their third and final day of the Outdoor Track and Field Championships down in Bloomington on Sunday. The men's 4x100 and women's 4x400 relays took home bronze medals. Men's golf, South Carolina. They're down day one for the NCAA Regional. The Cliffs at Kiwoe Falls is the course. And uh, they need to place top five a little off this pace here. It's gotten a little bit better on the back nine for them, but still, um, it's not a bad start to the day. They are at last check here at four under. Um, but uh, to get to that top five, there's a log jam at three. There's like five teams in at three, which is 10 under. So you're about six shots off the pace of where you need to be to make that top five and make a national championship. At last check, our uh, current low boiler right now would be uh, Nell Sertani, which is uh, he's three under, and uh, that is good enough for 17th overall right now. So uh, Nick Dantino, not that far behind him at two under, tied for 25th. So uh, a couple of boilers in the area here, but uh, they're going to need to rack up a few more birdies, it looks like, if uh, they want to make that top five. There is still work to do, and uh, it's definitely doable. You still got a couple more rounds as well. I have not looked at what the weather forecasts is supposed to be like over the next couple of days. Tomorrow, slight chance of showers, and then thunderstorms are likely uh, on the back half of the day, 83 is the high, and then Wednesday, chance of showers, and then thunderstorms, and another high in the low 80s. So you really don't uh, you really don't like this. Uh, you would rather be in that top uh, five conversation right now, and uh, that way if it rains, you're still okay. So we'll see. We'll keep our fingers crossed, and that, folks, would be today's Need to Know News. All right. Trying to dig out some winners here. It's been tough. It really has. Luis Robert, I, I, I hope you've been following him all weekend. You would have made some good money on that. Man's been absolutely crushing it. Three homers in three games. You know, I dig the consistency. So, uh, yeah, we gotta, I'll tell you what. Uh, Joel Embiid 100% let me down yesterday. That was, uh, that was a tough pill to swallow for him not getting over 20 points. He probably should have had 30. Doesn't get there. That's all right. We'll get back after tonight with our friends uh, over at uh, DraftKings. So we're, just, we're on the hunt here. We're trying to find something that's 
resembles a a winner. There's you know, Oilers get eliminated last night. You still have a game uh, tonight in the NHL playoffs. And what do we do here? Seattle and Dallas. I thought this would be a little bit more muted in uh, the game on Friday, and uh, it ends up being a push. So that didn't do much for us. Uh, so we remain on the hunt. Uh, for this one tonight, Jordan Eberly. I'm looking for a point out of him. That is even money. He's averaged at least one point in his last 10 games. In all matchups versus Dallas, he's averaging over a point a game, which is nine games. And he's also gone over the points in five of his last six. So I think I'm going to lean on Eberly tonight. That might be the uh, individual here. Baseball. And what am I doing with baseball? I so look. Saturday was great for everybody, and then everybody got burnt on Sunday. Everybody seemingly got burnt on Sunday. I have no. Pl- I wish I had a good play for you here. Pablo Lopez. Everybody's on him. Over five and a half strikeouts for the uh, for the Twins pitcher. He's hitting all eight games he's played this year. He's taking on the Dodgers, who are 13th worst in strikeout percentage. Pablo Lopez, all over it. Five and a half on the over. Low-key, Farmer Valdez. Cubs are the ninth worst against left-handed pitching in terms of strikeouts. Mervis definitely made me some money on Saturday. Uh, Fromber has turned it up as of late. He has hit this mark in four of his last five games. I told you he's coming off a 12 strikeout performance uh, against the Angels. So that's the other guy. I love Lopez. Valdez. Hey, let's go. I think those are the plays. That's what we're going to try to get after tonight uh, with our friends over at uh, at DraftKings. And uh, don't forget, too, they will uh, hook you up there. 33% on an all-sports uh, same-game parlay X, which means, you know, you get a same-game parlay, and then you can add a leg in. You can mix up sports and stuff, too, if you like there, too. Get an extra 33%. Not bad. All right, so uh, let's lock them in. Let's make some money tonight. Let's keep our fingers crossed, and uh, let's let's make some money here, all right? Hey, we're taking a little time out here. Don't you go anywhere. When we come back, Stingray Rob is on with us. Exciting rookie getting ready to make his Indianapolis 500 debut. Practices start tomorrow. We'll see what's on his mind and more. It's coming up next. You are listening to the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to our Hammerhead hotline, and uh, it is May, right? So we got to talk racing. The 107th running the Indianapolis 500 is coming up on the 28th. Uh, Practically start tomorrow, too. Uh, you can pick up your ticket info as well at IMS.com. Kids 15 and under can still get in for free. And we're going to talk with the rookie here. Stingray Rob is on with us. Rob, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. How are you, sir? Uh, I've You will be the first Stingray that I've ever been able to uh, talk to, which is pretty <laughs> – Pretty, I'm sure you get that like all the time. Let's let's get it out of the way first. So for fans that may not be familiar with you, this is not a nickname. This is this, this is your legal given name, and you were named after something, correct? 
That is correct. And I'll, I'll give you guys the boring story first. And okay. Get out of the way. Um, but the family side of the story, the origin story, is that my dad's side of the family's heritage is from Stirlingshire, Scotland. And so Thing is actually short for Sterling. And then both of my grandfathers had Ray in their names. And so that combination led to Stingray. And then the cool side of the story that I always like to share is that my parents were big Corvette fans. And so they decided to pass their passion along to me through my name, naming me after the Stingray Corvette. So I was bound to be a race car driver, and that's kind of how I got my my passion for racing is through through my name. Well, uh, t- with a name like that, I mean, that's definitely one of the, the – you're limited here, right? You could be a race car driver. You can be like a 1900s pitcher that with that name, I think, <laughs> could also work. Or just like a guy in Miami that knows how to procure like hard-to-find things. Like that's what Stingray – that's what it sounds like to me. But it's an amazing name, man. You are first team uh, all-name, that is for sure. And spending your uh, rookie year here up in the uh, big leagues and now – uh, it comes to May and uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, for a young guy like you, I'm sure this is a uh, really big thrill. I'm sure there's some nerves involved with this as well. Uh, talk a little bit about here. Is, is this your first experience with Indy? Have you been out here before? Uh, kind of talk about your background with the racetrack. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, it is the most amazing experience. The whole month of May is an experience in itself. In Indianapolis seems to make a holiday out of it, which I appreciate. I, I love the culture here and the the fans are awesome, and just the, the whole city seems to liven up a little bit in the whole month of May. Um, but this is my first full-time month of May here as an IndyCar driver. I've been coming up through the ranks. So previously known as the Road to Indy was the ladder system to IndyCar, and I was in that ladder from 2017 to 2022, and I finished second in the Indy Next Championship this last season. And so I've gotten to see uh, the Indy 500 from the sidelines, but participating in all the events is new for me. So this is kind of my first season as a non-fan and as a participant. And it's pretty cool to see, you know, I've gotten to go to a few events here in the city, my first porch party of the month at the Harrison center, as well as a few others, just to kind of kick off the month of May rev Indy, for example, Mm -hmm. all of those events are so cool to see. um, Not only because there's so many awesome people there, but just the, the culture, the excitement, the sort of anticipation that's building around the race. It's all very, um, exciting as a driver but also kind of nerve-wracking as you said uh the, the nerves start to build because you realize the the size of the event how impactful it is in the, in the not only the city but in motorsports in general it's one of the most exciting races in the world stingray rob on us uh with us here on the uh, hammerhead hotline again uh we're getting so excited for the indy 500 here uh which comes up uh on memorial day weekend uh, Stingray's driving the uh, number 51 Honda. You can keep an eye out for him. So uh, I- I'm assuming you've probably asked around. I'm sure you have friends here on the circuit who have given you some advice o- on how to tackle all of this. Uh, what is some of the best advice that you've gotten so far in your prep here? You know, I'm working with uh, a former driver named Charlie Kimball. Everyone probably knows that name by now, but he was in the series for a multitude of years. And um, he's been giving me some words of wisdom. And, you know, one of the things that he's been reminding me of is to stay patient. Uh, as a driver, it's easy to get ahead of yourself and want to be fast on day one and push the limits on day one. But Indy is kind of a, a long haul. We're starting on track action tomorrow if it doesn't rain. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Um, and then we are going to be building through the week into qualifying. And then from there, it's just getting ready for the race. And so there, there's so many opportunities to have an, an accident, whether it be uh, challenging the car too much in the turns or just not being patient enough in what the car is going to be when you come on race day. And so um, he's keeping me humble and keeping me accountable in the ways that I need to be. And um, 
one thing that he also reminded me of is to stay fresh. You know, you can get pretty worn down not only with the on-track activities, but the off-track activities with the media, um, all the different events we have going on, and as well as the excitement. You know, it's very, very exciting as a rookie, and you don't really know what you're getting yourself into, so you don't know how to pace yourself. So it's nice to have someone in my corner that has been there before, knows how to pace themselves, has seen the success, has seen the failures, and, and sees what led to each of those. Well, you know what, Take your, if you find yourself uh, maybe like a little bit overwhelmed, a little tired, just remember, guys like Tony Stewart used to up and leave that event and go and run a whole other NASCAR race like right after <laughs> that, and they are much older than you, man. I think you can, you, you're can. you going to be okay. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, I think so as well, and i got a good team around me. Dale Coyne Racing has been quite quick in the last few years there. We seem to have a really good Speedway car. We ran at Texas earlier this year and had a really good car there. Uh, my teammate David Malukas finished fourth fighting for a podium position so we know what we're capable of doing it's just a matter of putting it all together and that's the that's what all the preparation is about you know we always say that luck is a combination of opportunity and preparation you got to have it both so um we're, we're looking forward to take advantage of those opportunities that come available to us and be prepared for each one that shows up i'm just saying 2019 you know uh santino ferrucci he, he won in uh in a dale coin racing car as well so it's not like this team doesn't know uh, what it's doing uh, have you, uh, look, rookies, rookies can be good here, but it's been a long time since a rookie's actually won this event. You have to remember, or have you decided to look up when the last time a rookie did win this event? Well, I, I know the day, actually. It was 2016 when Alexander Rossi won on a uh, fuel-saving strategy, and that was a miracle. And it's kind of funny now because uh, Peter Rossi's my manager, so that's Alexander's father. And so we got to kind of watch that firsthand and uh-huh. get to know him through his Indy 500 win. And now looking back and we're thinking, okay, maybe this is possible. We can repeat history here a little bit later down the road from when Alexander did. But uh, it'd be kind of cool to see kind of sticking the, the Rossi family. Talking with Stingray Rob on our Hammerhead Hotline. So you, you've talked about a little bit how uh, you've been out here. You, you've seen some of the pageantry and all this kind of stuff. Uh, what do you think you'd be most looking forward to on race day from a, uh, j- just from an experience? Well, I, I know uh, the, the race itself is going to be enough for you, but is there anything else surrounding this month here that you're really, really excited to get to experience? You know, I think that based off of my last two experiences at the 500, the, the events leading up are just as exciting as the race, it seems like. The, the flyover ahead of the green flag, that is one of the most emotional uh, things that I've seen at a racetrack. And I don't know what it is. It's just the excitement and the, the fans that are there. I mean, you're talking around 300,000-plus people showing up at a racetrack to watch cars go over 220 miles an hour. So <laughs> it's pretty exciting, and the whole uh, atmosphere of it all is amazing. And you've traveled all around the world racing. I mean, have you ever experienced anything like that outside of Indy? No, I haven't. And to be honest, I've been to Italy, France, Portugal, Spain, Belgium, and uh, all those places I was in go-karts at that time, but I got to see different events as well while I was there. And this is the first time that I've ever stood back and really gone, oh, my goodness, this takes my breath away just to, to, just to think about the magnitude of it all. Um, let alone the, the impact it would have as a, as a winning driver or whatever else that might come. Well, Singray, I'll tell you what, I, I'm excited to see you out there on the track here. Uh, like you said, you know, they're going to start tomorrow, weather weather permitting here. We'll keep our fingers crossed. It is May in Indiana, and 
you, you young man may be able to experience up to, I don't know, maybe three different seasons between now and the time <laughs> that we drop that green flag. It's uh, wholly possible the way that it works around here. But, uh, man, I'll tell you what, really impressed with you, man. I can't wait to see what you're uh, going to do here uh, on, uh, on Memorial Day. We're just going to keep our fingers crossed. We'll watch. And, you know, best of luck with uh, getting this car set up and, and getting it to uh, Carb Day. Uh, I can't wait to watch you, my friend. Sting Ray Rob. Again, watch him in that number 51 Honda. And uh, make sure to root him on, buddy. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of what's got to be a very stressful, very busy next couple of weeks for you. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. We're back on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis. All right. Um, I want to go back to something that uh, – great stuff but Stingray there. But I do want to go back to something I talked about at the top of the show after baseball's loss, um, the the they call it the Governor's Cup now, right? It's it's Purdue versus Indiana. There's 20 points. Here's all the matchups, uh, head to head. They don't have the head to heads. They do the um, uh, where you place at in in the conference championships. The track field's wrapped up. Baseball wrapped up, and now we have the results, which were an all time worse for Purdue. They've been doing this since. Uh, 2001, 2002, the final score here is going to be, uh, 15 and a half to four and a half points in favor of Indiana. Now the largest spread, um, prior to that has been four points, right? We've done that a couple of times and Indiana has been on top both those times, 2011, 2012, it was 11 and a half to seven and a half, um, I'm sorry, uh, 2008, 2009, that's uh, 12 and a half to seven and a half. Um, and then there was a, uh, a 12 to eight that we had uh, back in 2004, 2005. Purdue's never really been on the right side of this all time. Uh, Purdue has, I think, seven of the 11 titles here. But I guess my point here is it's a little bit shocking at just how just how big the gap was this year if you were a Purdue fan. Does this mean anything? I don't think you like losing to your rival in anything. But the gap is what caught my mind. Like, if this would be like previous years, it was like 11 and a half to 8 and a half. 11 and 9. You know, 12 to 8. I don't know that I bat an eyelash, but it's 15 and a half to four and a half. And that got my attention here a little bit. Where does Purdue get their points? Uh, volleyball took its full point, you know, half point for each of those matches. Soccer split with a half point because they had a tie. Football gets a point for winning the bucket. Women's tennis won their head to head. Women's golf placed in front of Indiana at the Big Ten Championships. That's it. That's what you got. Uh, Indiana gets points from that, that women's soccer game as a half. Both cross-country teams outpace Purdue at the Big Ten Championships. Uh, men swimming and diving, women swimming and diving. 
Wrestling's a heartbreaker, 17 to 16. And I feel like that's one that Purdue should have won. They don't. They're not the sole reason why they don't win this cup. They had an amazing year. Obviously, the uh, two women's basketball games and the two Purdue men's ba- or the two men's basketball games, uh, that's uh, two full points right there. Those ones especially sting, especially on the men's side, the women's side. Heck, that IU women's team had themselves a heck of a run. You get down into the spring sports then. Men's tennis loses. They get swept. They swept Indiana last year. They get swept this year. Softball loses. You know, both the women's tennis and women's golf team take it. But unfortunately, you know, men's golf. They really struggle with that rain in that first round of the Big Ten Championships. So, you know, they don't get that one. Baseball we covered at the top of the show, just absolutely shelled over the weekend. And track and field, despite Indiana placing 7th and ninth, Purdue placed 12th uh, in both men's and women's over the weekend. And there you go, you have to you get your 15 and a half points for Indiana. I tried to go back and look at it from last year and say, okay, where, where did we have that we lost? And they did not win it last year. It was 11 and a half to 8 and a half, but it's still four points that you missed out on, that went the other way for you. You know, soccer got a full point last year. That was uh, that was a difference right there. Um, men's basketball got a half a point. That was a change. Wrestling got the full point for Purdue last year. That's a change. Now, men's tennis got that sweep over IU last year. That's a change. Baseball took two out of three at home last year. That's a that's a point difference there. Men's golf finished in front, down in French Lick. That was a point change right there. I, I that's that just goes to show you how quickly that can flip. But I, I got to ask myself here. First off, am I truly upset about this? I don't like losing Indiana in anything. And I definitely don't like historically losing in this matchup. I, I just don't. Maybe it, it's probably a, a dumb thing to really get your feathers ruffled up about. I mean, in some places, I think you just kind of look at, you know, Purdue is very good and does a great job recruiting put in, in some of these other Olympic sports as opposed to Indiana and vice versa in places. In places where it hurts is basketball, obviously. But I'm not about to change anything that's going on with basketball right now. I'm very happy with both those programs and where they continue to trend, especially women's basketball. Football is in great hands. Volleyball is in great hands. You know, baseball is a bit of concern. Softball, we've gone through a uh, you know a, a changing of the guard there. They're looking to to bring in somebody new to head up that ball club. 
I like both our golf programs. I think both those coaches are great. I think women's golf's really going to wow you over the next couple of years. I really do. You know, track and field, we had such a great setup going here and a great coaching staff. And a few years ago, up and go to, you know, Kentucky. It seems like it's still been a little bit of a struggle to get that program back to uh, where it had been. But if I go through all of that stuff and I say, hey, listen, we're, we're happy. We're, we're very happy with volleyball. Uh, we're very happy with football. We're happy with our men's and women's basketball teams. The baseball, I think you're pretty raw over the fact that the way they lost over the weekend. You're waiting for that program to break through. And, you know, and we just discussed softball. So I think a lot of that gets explained. It comes down to now the, the other things that you're losing in like cross country. You know, Indians have a terrific swimming program for quite some times. Indoor and outdoor track and field. And, you know, tennis programs. And I, I'm not going to disrespect any of the effort that they put in. But they're also a big contributor into this and, and what this cup is, right, a, as a whole. And I, I know you're probably not as passionate about those unless you competed in them either in, uh, in high school or college, and, and I get that. So to get all worked up about this, I think is, you know, it's a wrong move. It is alarming that you do that, but like I said, you go back and let's just say you get both those wins out of men's basketball, all of a sudden you're up to five, and now we're talking – 14 to 14 and a half to five and a half. You get the one from wrestling. Now we're up to six and a half down to 13 and a half where you should have. You know, he said tennis uh, in the men's tennis. Cause it's not that hard to, to, to get that thing swung back here. But you know, again, at the end of the day, it's 15 and a half to four and a half. They don't hand out any more prizes, money or anything like that for this. There's not some, I don't think there's like a massive award or anything like that for it either. But it was something to watch. It is something that IU fans are probably going to toss in your face at one point on a message board. And uh, quite frankly, I was a little bit shocked because I really thought that a lot of these programs had a lot of success this year, but yet still lost to Indiana. I'm not about to freak out about it. At first, like I said, the the gap was kind of eye-opening. But you go back and you look at the breakdown of it and you say, I still think our men's basketball team had a better year. Where they lost, you know, stuff like I still think our golf teams have had great years. Wrestling had a tremendous year. Some of these places where we lost points, I think we should have gotten the points. I still think the end result is much, I'm much happier with the end result of those programs and those individuals over the course of the year. Even if, you know, there was a loss to Indiana in those areas. I'm going to go ahead and shrug it off and say, hey, I'm I'm more excited about the end product in, in the state of those programs than I am about, you know, this kind of all just lining up for the Hoosiers' favor. It happens. That's, that's all I can really tell you. Hey, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Things we may have missed and more when we return. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis. All right, time to let's 
get around to wrapping this thing up here. Time for the things that we may have missed. Hey, let's check in with the uh, Live Golf Tour, right? PGA Championship's coming up this weekend. Everybody's all excited about that. Hey, how the boys over at Live doing? Uh, well, this weekend they had a three-way playoff after 18, and it also involved uh, Dustin Johnson, who was arguably one of the biggest faces in golf. Uh, Cameron Smith's a big name on there as well. And local CW affiliates apparently switched off to uh, air things like Chicago PD reruns. Seems like that's good. And it's all perfectly legal because that's the deal that they have with Live Golf. They could have stayed. Uh, I'm sure that would required somebody going into the system on a Sunday and working. And they said, nah, just go ahead and let it run. <sighs> Tough look, Liv. Hey, hope those guys are all happy making all the money. Hope you got paid up front. Speaking of making that money, uh, Matt Ryan has apparently signed on to the uh, CBS family. He will be an NFL analyst for CBS this upcoming season. He also says he's not retired. What? You're 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 not no you're you're retired, man. Um, I I watched it last year. I watched you with the Colts. It it did not work out. It was bad. Your shoulder was about to fall off at one point. You remember that, right? And then they 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 benched you at the end. The the team that the Colts it almost had the number one pick. You 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 got benched, and they went with that whole fiasco. It did not go well. You're retired, and unless you're jumping in the USFL sometime soon, XFL season's over, man. I can't imagine there's an NFL team that is looking to have you come in and play quarterback. There's just, there's no way. Absolutely no way. And I believe to do that, there'd have to be some honoring of a contract too, right? No, no, you went through, uh, you went the waivers, didn't you? So I guess anybody can sign you for anything. But my point is they haven't. I'm sorry, man, you're retired. I don't know if you didn't get the memo, but you're struggling, man. Just lean into retirement. The CBS gig is good for you. Good for you. Take it. Enjoy it. You're Don't give me this, uh, I might go someplace. You're not. We know you're not. It's not happening. Um, the Oakland A's are getting called out on social media. Not only do they have the worst attendance in the league, but now you have... Ushers in the second row kicking out people who are not in their seats. It's literally a ballpark full of seats that nobody has bought tickets to. And they're harassing the actual people that do show up. I understand if you got something up there like, you know, the third deck, which I'm sure they're not even bothering to sell because, well, come on. Um, And then you're trying to sit behind home plate. Okay. All right. But when you're out in the outfield, for Pete's sakes, I don't think there's too much of a difference. I'm watching this thing on uh, on Instagram, and I'm like, why in the world would you harass the actual people that have decided to show up and watch the game? Maybe it's just an Usher's individual thing. Maybe it's not, but I, I would I would hope, I would sincerely hope that uh, the owners, well, they don't care. They're worried about going to Vegas. They don't care if they upset the Oakland natives. And this is ridiculous. <laughs> I could not believe it when I saw that. Like, what are you harassing people for? Let them live their lives. 
tough crowd out there in Oakland. And finally, of course, it was the big story yesterday. John Morant has been suspended from all Grizzlies activities after he was seen flashing an apparent gun. (laughs) I don't know what an apparent gun is. But yeah, he did it again. He did it again. Uh, my my psh, explodes. How do you do this? How? You did it the one time. The Pacers certainly insinuating there was a dime before that, right? You remember that? And then his entourage got in the thing, and then there was the laser sight and all that stuff. The, the NBA's like, yeah, we looked into it. Nothing. And then the rest of the video and all that kind of stuff surfaces. Now he's in the passenger seat of like a Jeep waving a handgun around, it looks like. He did the suspension. Remember, there was the uh, the counseling and stuff. And then there's, you know, the whole apology interview. And I I, I don't understand. The Lakers said, listen, your behavior was not what's allowed here. Get some help. We'll give you another chance. But you literally, there's one thing you literally cannot do, specifically you. And it wasn't not own a gun. It was literally do not go onto social media and wave a firearm recklessly. That's all we had. And that seems like a pretty easy ask. Hell, I'm 40 years old. I've gone the entire 40 years of never doing that. I would think that this man could go more than, what are we, like three months? We couldn't even do that? I know a lot of people, like, jumped to this, and, and they made it a, a a second amendment issue. He's like, no, well, he's allowed to own them. That's not, that, that, that's not what we're debating here. The link said, no, don't do that. And he went out and literally the only thing the league asked him not to do. And you don't see that as a problem. Even if you are a gun owner and you are very pro-Second Amendment, I think you can watch somebody flaunting around a handgun wildly. Seems a bit reckless. And very unsafe. That should at least get your attention here. That's the scary part for me. So now the question becomes, you know, what are the Memphis Grizzlies prepared to do? What are the NFL prepared to do or the NBA prepared to do? Because you gave him the pass the first time and it didn't sink in. So what are you prepared to do? And I get that now it comes in the business side of things, right? Because Memphis goes, listen, if we cut him, he ends up someplace else for his second chance. And we almost get punished at this point. I, that That's the Memphis thinking on that, right? Nobody wants to get rid of somebody that's super talented like him. And have him go play for somebody else when he decides to straighten himself out. I, I don't know what the appropriate punishment with, with this is. But it is sad to see somebody with the amount of talent that he has flushing a future down the toilet for an IG video? Come on. 
He's got to be better than that. He seems like a uh, like a better dude than that. And it was really I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that over the weekend. It's literally and go back to the Josh Gordon thing. Remember Josh Gordon? Got suspended, tested positive for marijuana. Your your stance on that aside, the NFL says, "Hey, we have a rule, and you specifically cannot do this one thing. Just don't do that thing, and you can have a career here." You can make a very large sum of money here. And then he does it again. And they say, all right, fine. One more time. Just don't do it. He does it again. I just, I, I don't understand that when futures are on the line. Just don't. All right, that does it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. Big thanks to Stingray Rob. And uh, we will see you guys back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock on 101.7 The Hammer.